This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Before the drama of an East Anglian derby is two trips for Ipswich Town. One north, one south. Can the Blues sustain their their form ahead of this chunky festive run? We'll find out soon. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodard and welcome to the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Graham Pub in Ipswich. We're available live every week on YouTube or after the fact, 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 after the fact, yep, at your convenience of video, uh, on demand video and podcast. And yet again, I've uh, butchered the intro, haven't I? But never mind, Seb. Did you like the... I've been concentrating on making the background and the intro festive um, and not on the quality of the product. But we're here. How are you, mate? I'm all right. I wasn't going to mention it. You kind of, yeah, stumbled over the intro and then nearly dropped an F-bomb less than a minute into the podcast. That would have been a, a new record. I'm good. How are you? This feels very exciting this time of year with these big games that are coming up. I don't know about you, but it feels like it's about to get real. Yeah, I was going to swear again. Then I'm, I was just, it's getting real, isn't it? It's getting it's getting serious. It's getting meaty. Yeah. Um, let's quote, Kevin McAllister, this is it. Don't get scared now. Oh, you've stolen my intro from next week. Never mind. Um, but yeah, so we are live. So we want to hear from you. If you've got... Uh, what, what are your overriding emotions going into the three-game week that's coming up? Obviously, we'll, we're here to talk about Middlesbrough. We'll focus on that. We'll give you all the insights that we can. Um, and if you're a Borough fan, um, then uh, do say hello. We're perfectly nice here and we are very respectful and if you've got insights you want to share um we very much appreciate those but nevertheless we will uh go through all of the research that seb and i have pulled together uh, but let's say hello to folk there are a lot of you here so hello um first up chris getting in there early doors from uh, uh new zealand uh, happy for the draw going for a two all we'll get to predictions later on darren's worried it's going to be a little bit of a west brom um, but he's then predicting a 2-1, so you never know. Uh, good morning, Max in Melbourne. Um, yeah, a lot of thoughts on Borough's injuries as well. Uh, good day to Michael in Brisbane. It's the Australian folks. Uh, Mullet's with us as well. Um, keeping away days northern. Yeah, you, you go, is he going, Seb? Is he, or have I stumbled into a difficult membership situation there? No, he is. He's, he's going. He's good. going. He's, he's, made, he's going under his own steam this time, so I will see him up there on Saturday. Fair enough. Uh, it's just done old, old boy evening from a wet and cold Cambridge. Uh, luckily indoors, <laughs> as are we. Uh, Edith to Paul. Uh, Gary as well, as well. Almost late watching Mr. Fairs on another podcast. Uh, it's on demand, Gary. You can watch Joe whenever you want on the Absolute Football Podcast. We've linked to that on our Twitter, so do check that out as well. Um, Joe, I'm fine for him talking about himself. Um, little bit about us um, and football manager and all that kind of stuff so um do check that out evening to rob neil's with us as well um yeah how's uh, we got santiago represented via alex good to have you with us as well uh, neil doing my job hit the thumbs up folks yeah please do helps nudge us up the algorithm and all that fun stuff um charles uh, charlie here from dunedin in new zealand a lot of 
uh, Australasia stuff, Asia Cup representation here, uh, which is what we want. Andreas is here as well. So thank you, everyone, for getting involved. Ben is here from Down Under as well. And Ben is uh, has taken over the predictions mantle from Team Telegram. He's got a big shoes to fill after Elliot had quite an impressive two-game winning streak, I think it was. So, um, yeah, uh, even to uh, uh, Neil mentioned the Christmas jingle, the jingle bells are out of time with editors, and that will... That annoys me because uh, I'm aware of it, but hopefully it didn't annoy everyone else. But yeah, a little bit of snowflakes in the background, Seb. You know, I'm adding value. Um, you know, I'm taking, I'm making sure the details are important. So uh, yeah, thank you, everyone. And well, it's mentioned the jingle bells as well. But yeah, are you, are you able to think about Borough and Watford? We, we're obviously across all of those games, or are you... Are you in the back of your mind? It's Norwich. Norwich coming soon. Are you able to? Are you able to decompartmentalize? If that's the word. Perfectly calm. Completely Perfect calm. calm. One one game at a time. If you had to ask me which of the three games am I most worried about, I'd probably say Watford. If I'm being. Yeah, the universe honest. doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Great, Dave. Uh, Watford. Watford's form is making this three game week look a lot tougher than it would have been a month ago. That's true. Uh, we will have a live reaction show. Uh, after Watford and we'll also talk about them on the flagship as well but yeah Watford kind of coming into a bit before maybe a little bit of yes. flat track bullies perhaps I was watching Joe uh, Sam um, and Ben talk about them earlier but yeah it's um it's gonna be tough isn't it um six points yeah. to play for before Norwich so for now just park it it's on the horizon we'll discuss it a week tonight but for now yeah just park it for now and we'll worry about the next two beforehand yeah indeed and let's focus on um, uh, focusing on the on the near term, we'll talk about ITFC women now who've uh, got a really exciting FA uh, Women's FA Cup tie on Sunday to look forward to. Championship Lewis are the team making the trip the trip up to the AGL and familiar faces in their side in the form of Anna Gray and Sarah Bracero Carrera. Uh, uh, so uh, interesting dynamic there, Seb. Whether uh, they'll get, well, I'm sure they'll get a warm welcome from the crowd, but uh, it'll be interesting to see them up against their opposite numbers. Ad Town will be looking to get revenge from um, last season where Lewis knocked Town out at the fourth round stage. So do head down to the AGL. Please note that kickoff is at the earlier time of 1pm, um, but tickets only a fiver for an adult. Uh, there'll be a, a weirdo with a drum. <laughs> Me, by the way, not someone else. Uh, so yeah, we try and build the atmosphere, try and make it you know, an enjoyable experience. And Felix does a fun day out as well. So do head down there and, you know, a real opportunity for a, it's not really a giant kill, Seb, is it? I guess it maybe is. I mean, Lewis at down the bottom of the WSL Championship um, in 11th, two points clear of bottom place, Watford, uh, but did win last time out. But Town... Looking, it's an interesting test though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, we were debating it in the, in Telegram. It's kind of like, it's not necessarily like being drawn against Rotherham, the, like the Metro last season, it's definitely not Burnley though. It's somewhere, it's somewhere in between, I think. But a really entertaining game in prospect there. And Town have got great pedigree in this tournament as well. So do support the Tractor Girls, and we'll be cheering them on. And uh, also worth noting that Lucy O'Brien, congrats to her, is nominated for uh, their November Player of the Month as well. So obviously a lot of support here from Friends of Blue Monday sponsorship group. Um, but yeah, if you want any more information, head to um, ITFC Women's Socials and website, etc., and all that fun stuff. And at ITFC WSC for the official supporters club. Let's talk about Borough then, Seb. And apologies if I over-enunciated the B down the microphone. Uh, I will let you introduce your thoughts on Borough because two weeks running, I said, Seb, tell me about Borough and then I stole your thunder. So I'm not going to do it. So you tell me all about Borough. Well, I think you, me and Gab Sutton did a preview in the summer. The 1-24 to 24 has become the yearly accustomed tradition now, and I had them down for second. I can't remember where you placed them, but they were probably in your top six, weren't they? It's a fairly, a fairly obvious shoe-in, I would have thought. And it's not really gone to plan for them kind of yet. You know, they had a, an awful start to the season. Key players departed from their, their playoff finishing campaign last year. We'll discuss who's moved on. They had a nightmare start, really poor start to the season. Then they hit an epic run of form, and it's just tailed off recently with this injury crisis that we'll come on to. So I had them down for the top two. Personally, you know, I saw the job Carrick did after he went in there last October, which we'll discuss in detail shortly. And I kind of thought they were a bit of a shoe in. Stupidly, I should have realised, obviously, we were going to take second place. <laughs> um, but I, I, I didn't go for that. So I kind of figured they'd be up there all season long. It's not quite worked out that way for them yet in terms of the autos. Um, but I'd imagine with a January transfer window coming up, players hopefully going to return from injury, I'd still make them pretty heavily favourites, I would think, for probably sixth, which is probably what it's going to 
come down to now, I would suggest I, I can't see, you know, Leeds, Southampton, West Brom. I can't see anyone dropping away too much. I'd imagine that sixth place is what the rest of them are fighting for. And given their manager, given they've probably got a bit of money to spend in January and given the, the sensible acquisitions in the summer, which are now starting to bear fruit, uh, I would suggest they might be well, might, might well be the ones to get that sixth spot. Yeah, you have the, you mentioned at the top the, the six game winning run in a row. They feel like a team that can do that kind of thing. And that's the stuff that gets you into the top six. Yeah. Worth noting that Preston are tailing off in a major way and they've got a trip to Norwich at the weekend. Hull don't seem to find consistency, but are still a, you know, a decent team, but probably don't have the resources of a borough. But yeah, uh, lots to like about Middlesbrough. It's one of these teams that I've quite got a lot of fondness for. I don't know why. I like yeah. Um, and Carrick. You know, we've we've mentioned it. it's the name of the show. It's a real nice dynamic Carrick facing off against McKenna, isn't it? And two managers who play the start, you know, similar kind of style. I, th I think probably Carrick style defensively is what McKenna started to establish with us in League One. I think we've we've become more expansive and therefore open in the Championship, whereas I think Carrick has kind of retained that defensive solidity. But the formation, the types of players, the types of goals that are scored. There's a lot of similarities in there, so it's going to be fascinating for the for, for everyone watching. On I think, I can't work out: is it going to be Leeds at Portman Road style basketball end to end <laughs> attacking chaos, or are we going to cancel each other out? I've been going around in my head when I was trying to work out the the predictions this week, and I can't work out which way it's going to go. I think it'll be one of those two things. I'd, I'd be surprised if it was a you know a tight one nil. I think it'll either be fairly high scoring or a complete kind of cancellation of each other i'm not i'm not sure because the two styles are, are very very similar and when the fixture list was announced it was one of the ones that we all kind of looked for you know to see when when carrick would go uh, when mckenna would go up against carrick and yeah it's nice that it's come round and you see the the pre-match press conferences from their from their respective managers today and they're very kind of you know full of praise of each other obviously because they, they they sound like good mates off the pitch business this week but they sound like good mates off the pitch so i think it'll be a fascinating battle yeah and at a time when man united struggling yeah. to do anything you kind of think a lot, and a lot of man united fans were pointing figures at uh, fingers at the old regime the likes of Solskjaer and Mourinho and you know even McKenna and Carrick I suspect you wonder whether they might be tempted by them now um, but uh, things have moved on talk to us about the state of play we mentioned uh, a little bit of inconsistency some runs of wins etc but still find themselves mid-table Seb yeah, so they're currently 12th with 27 points, but they're only three points off sixth place. Huller in sixth place, and they're only three points off the playoffs as it stands. Uh, they've won eight of the 19 games so far this season. They were winless for the first seven, so we spoke about that rubbish start they had. I do remember, however, McKenna came out after one of the games, and it was one of our games, and he did discuss, he did say, you know, Middlesbrough right up there for, for creating chances and not taking them and stuff. So even though they were winless for that run at the start, they were kind of, they, they, they weren't awful by any means. They were playing pretty good football, and it looks like those things are starting to, to bear fruit now they then won six on the bounce so the overall record is out of the 19 is one eight drawn three and lost eight of them the form in the last six like i said earlier has tailed off a little bit it's 12th in the sixth form game change table but they have this horrific injury list that we'll come on to and discuss a combination of suspensions and injuries which is really starting to kind of kind of hit them hard the home form is 16 points from the nine games played again that's mid-table that's 12th best in the division however the recent home run of five wins and only one defeat in the last six at home is the fifth best and they have beaten both Leicester and Southampton at the Riverside. So it is a tough, tough place to go. Yeah, and that, that loss in that six was when Stoke were beating teams weirdly. Remember that, yeah, Stoke, Stoke had a good run of form. They beat Leeds as well, didn't they? Completely out of nowhere and then tailed right back off again. Weird. Yeah, and uh, as much as it's relevant, last time out was a defeat on the road at Leeds. Uh, quite an open game by the scoreline, Seb. And I guess the narrative ramps up in terms of absentees through this game as well, through unfortunateness, but maybe a little bit of stupidness as well. Yes, yeah, so they had a few missing going into the game. It was a 3-2 defeat, Ellen Road, last weekend. Well, they went 1-0 up. Uh, Latte Lather will discuss the striker. He scored after three minutes. They then went 2-1 down after something like seven minutes. It was crazy. Poor defending, I thought, for both those goals. Paddy McNair, who went off with a, a back spasm. They had... They had absences before the game and they lost a few during the game Paddy McNair went off with a back spasm he was kind of dilly-dallying with the not, not dilly-dallying with the ball but he was kind of static watching the ball come in to clear it and Dan James who can be all of what five foot six five say, foot seven losing out to Dan James in yeah the air, something's gone wrong hasn't it 
gets above him and, and headers home. And then for the second goal, it's a cross played in and McNair kind of, he puts a brilliant flick on into the danger zone and uh, and Somerville kind of heads it home. So poor defending from crosses for those first, th- those couple of goals. Leeds then get a penalty to make it 3-1 just before half time. But they have some losses. So like I said, Paddy McNair goes off with a, a back spasm. Uh, and then I'll let you pronounce the guy's name, the right back who got a uh, uh, two yellows. I've even researched this in advance. So there's two different ways you can do this. I mean, it's Anthony and it's, I, I'm going with Dyke Steel. I was going to go Jig Steel. Okay, I'll let you, let you have it. Yeah, there. Fair enough. Yeah. Jig he got Steel, dismissed. Maybe, yeah. he, he was the right back. He got dismissed for two yellows, so he won't feature on the weekend. Only 39% possession, uh, 39% possession for Borough. 11 shots to Leeds is 20. Five were on target to Leeds is nine. So no disgrace going to Ellen Road and losing. Carrick was a bit unhappy. He suggested the penalty was a bit soft. It was, I think it was Matt Clark gave away the penalty. He said the third goal was possibly an offside. So he wasn't overly happy with the, with the, uh, the, the, the officials. And I guess probably a missed opportunity i think he, if you'd have gone there if you go to ellen road with a full you know a full squad he might have thought they might have given a slightly better account of themselves but but no great shame to go to ellen road and lose by one is there put up a bit of a fight took the lead and just you know suspensions injuries ruin your, your tactical plan for the game and and they couldn't get on the right end of it yeah some stuff went against them as well as an offside in there as well but yeah a really nice goal from latte lath though isn't there at right at the start yeah. maybe uh, melier caught out his near post should have done better there but nevertheless a, a fine strike and he's a threat um but yeah i guess you read into it the the, the defensive issues seb and that's probably the things that are going to give us some confidence there uh, just take us back to last season we mentioned disappointment at least in in respect of losing in the playoffs but a good season kind of not a yeah, two thirds of a season under Carrick was it in the end? Yeah, um, yeah. and plenty to build confidence going to this season. Albeit we've talked about the slow start. Uh, just give us a, a revision of what happened with Borough last season. Yeah, so they finished fourth with seventy-five points and got into the playoffs and faced Coventry across two legs. Um, didn't start the season amazingly. Like I said, Carrick comes in towards the end of October. They start with Chris Wilder. He was there, and he I think he won five out of the first 11 or something like that, and they were only one point above the relegation zone. And he had these weird links, didn't he, with with Burnley and Bournemouth. He didn't really bat away. Do you remember when Mick was linked under us with Ireland a couple of times? And you never got a complete straight answer out of him saying, no, no, I'm happy here. I'm happy with the work I'm doing, etc." We never got that out of Mick, and they never got that out of um, uh, out of Wilder, and they, they, they dismiss him towards the end of October. Carrick then comes in and he goes on this incredible run. You know, he wins 58 points from the remaining 30 games of the season. They finish fourth, 75 points and a plus 28 goal difference. They win 22 of the 46 games in the season. Main striker, Tuba Akpom, wins the golden boot in the league with 28. He scores 33% of their goals, but they were leaky at the back. They conceded 56 last season. So it was a real entertaining watch since Carrick kind of went in there. You know, they score plenty and they concede plenty. I think only Burnley scored more goals and then last season they got 84 or 85 so it was certainly attractive to watch they uh, they lost the most games of teams in the top six they lost 15 of their games but the majority of them were at the start before he kind of takes over and they lost to Coventry across two legs it was a nil-nil draw at the I'll call it the Rico I can't remember what you said it was called last week CBS a, CBS a nil-nil draw at the CBS and they lose one nil at the Riverside in the in the second leg so I had them, like I said, for favourites for for promotion for for autos, given the amazing run that that Carrick got them on. You know, it's not too dissimilar to McKenna. I know McKenna had that six month spell where he came in when we were kind of trying sort of finding things out and stuff. But you know, Carrick had an out and out goal scorer. He amended things slightly tactically and maybe made him a bit withdrawn when they brought in Cameron Archer in the uh, in the January window, and they just went for it. And that's why I thought they would carry on through the summer and carry that into this season. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you mentioned Akbom and such a major contributor to goals for them as well. So we'll talk about him, him, his departure because that's that's a big hole. It's kind of quite similar to Coventry last week. Interesting that they lost to Coventry in the playoffs. Um, mm. Quite a few similarities in respect of top players being poached uh, and, and replaced with maybe more speculative business. A few unknowns from um, abroad as well, waiting for them to kind of bed and gel in as we've talked about a while as well so yeah but interesting you know uh, talk to us about Michael Carrick because um, uh, most people forget what a sterling career he had Um, I remember him breaking through at West Ham with the likes of Lampard and Cole and and yeah he's, he's a very decorated playing career isn't he very. He played against us, didn't he, in the first West Ham playoff final. When we win 1-0 at Portman Road with Darren Bent scoring and we lose under the lights at Upton Park. He played in that game. I think he got sold the, the summer of 2004. But yeah, he started at West Ham and he, he got some move to Spurs and then 
best known for his spell at United as he as a, as a player. He went there to kind of replace Roy Keane in that defensive kind of midfield position. Different player to Keane, much much better passing range and and much calmer. But yeah, I mean his his honours list is crazy, isn't it? It's five Premier League titles, a Champions League, an FA Cup, a Europa League, a Club World Cup, three League Cups, and six Community Shields. Only thirty four England he's caps, won, but I he's, guess- won, he's won a Club World Cup. What have you done? <laughs> Only 34 England caps, but I guess he was in an era of Gerrard, Scholes, Lampard, wasn't he? So maybe underutilized by England. I remember, he, I think it was 2006, the World Cup, he kind of played a defensive role in a couple of the games and looked good, but you're not going to get it. If, if you do the, you know, him and Hargreaves were kind of bought in for the defensive shift. You don't, you're not going to do the sexy stuff like Lampard and Gerrard in terms of getting the the goals. You're not going to feature that much, are you? And obviously he, he kind of became a, a first team coach at United, Mourinho, kind of him and Kieran McKenna, they're, they're, they're kind of youth team coaches. And Mourinho comes in in 2016 and his experience assistant manager moves on a couple of years later. And Mourinho sees something he likes in a certain Kieran McKenna and a certain Michael Carrick and promotes them both to the first team coaching setup. And that's kind of the start of this journey they've both been on. And I quite like the way they've both kind of, you know, had the same instructions, the same tutelage under Mourinho. And they've kind of gone out into the world to try and kind of, you know, feather their own, what's the word? Not, not feather their own nest. What's the word I'm trying to look here for? Feather your own cap. Yeah, go out into the world, do your own thing. And yeah, I think he was a, I think he was a, I don't know what I'm trying to say. There's more learned people who are listening, probably on the podcast, and who are just apoplectic with us butchering our metaphors or whatever they are. But But like the way, like like McKenna, he's gone out, he's trying to do his own thing, plow his own furrow. That's what I was trying to say. There you go. That's the one. He's uh, He's gone out into the world, trying to do his own thing, done very well. Uh, and yeah, and it's off the back of a, a stellar playing career and a pretty decent kind of setup at a coaching level. And I'm sure all of his years of Premier League wages have feathered his nest nicely. There we go, brought it back. Overall record, Seb, let's talk about a little bit of context against um, tipping his own cap. Here we go. If any others cap related analogies, metaphors, whatever you want to call them, let, let, let's know. A team where generally we've got the better record although i can't we have this every week every week i do this research (laughs) and we've won way more games but i can't remember any of them to be honest yeah we've been on the bobby robson weren't they yes before before our before my time maybe not your time um but yeah overall 31 Ipswich wins 16 draws and 23 middlesbrough wins and then you've got a commentary quiz for us have you yeah should we uh yeah let's do that before we talk about last time out against borough uh yeah the commentary quiz is back commentary quiz uh, commentary quiz i want to know uh when the goal was scored what season the result anything any other workings you want to show um let us know uh, in the chat and we'll come back when we uh when we finish talking about borough we'll give you the answer uh, but here is uh, i think it's peter jones corner is swung in armstrong in there again so too is jamie clapham Darren Bent is claiming the goal, but I'm not too sure that he got the final touch. He's sure he got the final touch, though. Some very dramatic pauses in there. So <laughs> apologies for some dead air, which is a crime, as we all know. Uh, but yeah, that was, a, that was a moment of Ipswich Town history against Middlesbrough, which went a little better. Uh, but yes, yeah, so recent record, not so good. <laughs> no, it's not. The last time we played there was this god awful relegation season. Wouldn't it be nice next year when we can look back on recent visits to teams and we can discuss how great we were and I how don't we even remember this stuff? No, I game. don't. This that season, there are so many results between the sort of October oh, and I the March. Do. I completely got, ignored it. Yeah, I've it was. Got, no, it's between Christmas and New Year's, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, we normally play them that time of year. It tends to be a fixture that is kind of December slash late December kind of time. It was a 2 0 victory for Middlesbrough at the Riverside in December 2018. Jordan Hugel and Marcus Tavernier with the goals. They actually doubled us that season. They won at Portman Road 2 0 in October in the early days of, of Paul Hurst. I think that was on telly. I seem to remember watching that on a on telly on a, on a, on a Tuesday Didn't night. Lambert watched that on telly, and that's what. Is that where he said the atmosphere was awful? Him, and, yeah, yeah, it inspired him to take the job and turn things around yeah that worked well um the last win for Ipswich was in December 2014 2-0 at Portman Road Daryl Murphy with one of his 27 goals and do you remember the amazing second goal yeah Jay Tab's header love Teddy Teddy Bishop cross swings it swings it in um fabulous game that and I think that put us second or first pretty much yeah Yeah, we had the run that that was it Leeds Middlesbrough and Brentford and Borough ended up in the playoffs that season obviously they, they smashed us up at the Riverside in the reverse game in the 14-15 season. I think it was 4-0, wasn't 4-1, it? 4-1. 4-1, yeah. Um, 
But in that game, we absolutely destroyed them, and it should have been much more. Um, but yeah, JTAB, you can still find them. <laughs> and the last time we won at the Riverside, I think you were there. Were you there for this one? No. 3 1 it was on the opening day, 2010, 2000. For some reason, I thought in my head you were there. Yeah, they won 3 1. Roy Keane's second season, so the opening day in 2010. 1 0 down in the first half, but three second half goals from Tommy Smith, Thomas Priskin, and John Stead saw us start the season with an away victory. So that all went obviously horribly wrong a few months later when Keane got sacked after six or seven game defeat. But that was the last time we won there. And the time before that, obviously, was the Alan Armstrong double in the Premier League season. Yeah, Who remembers that? I think that was East. Was that Easter? Monday? Oh, no, that say. would have been a game after that, wouldn't there? Or did Borough go down that season? Venables was in charge because he'd just come yeah. in. Yeah. I think kept them up despite that defeat to us. So we would have played them the season after, wouldn't we? Or have I we wouldn't win there, though. We drew that one nil-nil. So the last win at the Riverside win, okay. for the 3-1 was the, yeah, yeah. the Alan Armstrong double back against his old side. So, yeah, not 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 a ground that, well, to be fair, like I tend to say most weeks, not a ground we've had a great deal of success from in the past few seasons. Like the Stadium of Lights, Seb. And look what happened exactly. there. Exactly. Should we start with, um, we mentioned the departures. Let's start with the departures, Seb, um, and bring things up to date with uh, the current Borough squads. We mentioned Akbom. He's probably the biggest name departure there. And that fee, he's off to Ajax, doesn't seem high enough to me. It's quite a low... Maybe there's some other situation there that I'm not aware of, a buyout clause or something, but it seems quite low, doesn't it? Is that not reflective of the league he's moved to? Is there that much money in the Eredivisie? I guess if he goes to the Premier League, you could probably up that to 20 million, couldn't you, for a 28-goal championship striker? He goes for 12 million quid to Ajax in the summer. Uh, Martin Piero, he, he was a bit part player. He was kind of out on loan for a couple of seasons. He went for 3 million to Udinese. And then they lost these three kind of quality players they had on loan. They had Cameron Archer from Villa. Uh, they had Aaron Ramsey, not the... Cardiff Arsenal one, um, the the young one who came through at Villa, and they had Ryan Giles, who was a left back on loan from Wolves. They had these three kind of great young prospects. I mean, Archer got eleven goals, six assists. Ramsey got eight goals, four assists. Ryan Giles, Leaf, Alla Leaf Davis got eleven assists, wow. and these players all went back to their parent clubs and then got sold on respectively to the three promoted sides. Villa, uh, Burnley bought Aaron Ramsey, Sheffield United bought Cameron Archer and Luton bought Ryan Giles. So I guess these were loans with an eye to, you know, get us promoted and we can probably look to make these these kind of people uh, permanent transfers. But it, it, it didn't work out like that. They lost that combined with the, the Tuba Akpom kind of firepower and that's why it's taken a bit of a slow start this season for them to get going because they lost so many goals. We've, we've said it in the past, you know, the reference to us in the summer of 2005 with Miller, Benton, Cucci leaving. It's very similar to that. They lost a hell of a lot of goals, a hell of a lot of assists, and it took time to get those new players in and get them up to speed. Yeah, and what, and what comes in, I, I guess these players are having an impact to an extent. Um, some chunky fees spent on the, oh, we mentioned Latelath and um, Seni Diang as well, that um, comes in from QPR. Yeah. Um, but again, maybe similar route to what they've tried last season on the loans front, Seb. Yeah, well, Kieran Scott is their director of football. He's the ex-Norwich um, head of head of recruitment. And since he's come in, I think he came in September 2021, so a couple of years ago now, they've kind of developed this strategy, haven't they, of kind of buying these these players, using using European markets, buying players, developing them, selling them for big fees. You know, Jed Spence was there before he went to, to Tottenham. Marcus Tavernier went to Bournemouth, I think, obviously Tuba Akpom last summer. So they've got this policy in place of, you know, European markets, buying talent for, you know, maybe the low couple of million quid developing them selling them on um, and I guess they've tried to go down that route again this summer with some of the some of the purchases Emmanuel Latty Lath he's coming for 5 million quid from Atalanta so I guess he's the one they've kind of put their hopes on to completely replace Akpom in terms of the, the, the goal scoring stakes Senny Diang you discussed Morgan Rogers, a player I always liked I'd have been perfectly happy if he'd have come to Portman Road uh, he came in undisclosed from, from Man City Lucas Engel is a left back slash centre back he's come in from Silkeborg IF uh, Lewis O'Brien who spent time with Mr Rooney at DC United when he was left out of Forest's Premier League squad in January. He's coming on a season-long loan. And Sam Greenwood. Did you see Sam Greenwood's goal for them against Leicester in the 1-0 win? The, the free kick from... No. That was a hell of a strike. He's he's coming on loan from uh, from Leeds. So, yeah, kind of repeating the business, I think, of getting players that you could probably sign if you get promoted in Lewis O'Brien and Sam Greenwood and then looking to kind of, you know, develop these 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 cheaper kind of low-end couple of million quid players with a view to, to sell on in the future. Yeah, Morgan Rogers is a high potential player, isn't he? In theory, a lot of I think 
I don't know whether we were linked actively or whether that was kind of a fan speculation. Wasn't it us wanting him, I think, more than yeah, more than anything, anything else. But yeah, that's in, in theory a good one. And it's a lot of money for a keeper, Dieng, but um, uh, doing all right there. We'll talk more about him in a second. Uh, talk to us about the, the style of play then, Seb, when, and getting these players into that into this 4-2-3-1 system that we're very familiar with because it's McKenna's system as well. Yeah, it's, it's basically like watching us wearing a red, wearing a, a, a red kit it's very very similar to how we play it's a 4-2-3-1 with full backs that will absolutely bomb on it's 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 very very similar uh they are slightly slower with getting the ball into the box they're kind of more slightly more intricate they have more passes per sequence and they're slightly slower getting the ball forward but other than that it's 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 going to be very very similar it's going to be two attacking sides who maybe aren't the best defensively uh looking to really kind of go at go at one another um they're not overly possession heavy 52 percent possession is the ninth highest obviously we were so possession heavy last season this year that's dropped right off so similar numbers there 525 short passes per game at home is the fifth highest in the league i said a minute ago about it being high scoring but they don't actually score that many goals at the riverside only 11 goals scored in the nine home games and equally they are fairly miserly at the back they've only conceded seven at home which is the joint second best in the league behind leicester and they win a lot of fouls 12 fouls one per game is the joint third highest so is there an argument that they're quite kind of streetwise and okay you're saying divey i'll say more maybe streetwise and and kind of uh, are, are more versed in the not the dark arts but maybe more versed in the kind of you know the the, the ways to easily win over the officials and, and influence things. They are second for big chances created. They've created 43 big chances this season, which is very high. However, they are also second for big chances missed. They've missed 35 of them. So they will create a lot of chances, but up until fairly recently, they, uh, they've they been missing a lot of them. Yeah, and that Preston home win, 4-0, maybe skews the stats somewhat as well, having, as you said, been quite similar. To, again, lots of similarities to Coventry. We said that they were a bit... Games are a bit dour in terms of entertainment in both boxes, but maybe the the, the Leeds game is is a sign of things to come rather than maybe what's gone before it. We've mentioned yeah. um, in terms of key players. We'll talk about people are mentioning the ten players missing. We'll kind of give some context around that shortly. But in terms of the players that we expect to feature, Seb um, Dieng in goal is is decent, isn't he? Um, some good stats. Yeah, Sonny Ding's coming in for a couple of million quid from, from QPR. He's got five clean sheets, which is the joint third best in the league. He is, however, minus 4.7 in that goals prevented stat. You know, the thing how Hagi was top off for, for so many weeks. He's minus 4.7 goals. We should have saved five, 4.7 goals more than he than he has. <laughs> Johnny Housen is still there, ex-scummer. got five clean um, sheets, though. That's the third five best. Five clean sheets. League. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, five clean sheets is the third best yeah. in the uh, in the league. Johnny Housen is still there, That's very the experienced, 35 years old, Leeds and Norwich. He's normally a central midfielder as we would know in, but given their absolute lack of anything at right back, I think he'll fill in at right back on the weekend because he has played there in the past in his career. Matt Clark, him of the make weight in the Adam Webster deal, was it uh-huh. in 2016? It would have been. Um, he's there. Uh, he was kind of bought by, went to Pompey, didn't he, on a on a, on a deal with when we got Adam Webster, moved to Brighton, didn't he, a couple of years yeah. later, and then seemed to get loaned out everywhere, so had a spell at Derby. Oh, I think cool. he went to Borough on loan for a year, and then they signed him, so he's now there permanently. Poor guy's been out for nearly a year with a with a spine, with a back issue, um, but he's kind of featured in the last two games, and he will probably get his first, um, uh, get a start of the season, given they've got literally nothing else available at the back. Dan Barlazer is a like player him. you like, isn't he? Ex, yeah, ex-Newcastle, ex-Rotherham. Rotherham. Uh, he's got two assists, him and Matt Crooks, who we were linked like with. Him. The, is that the summer of the 19 signings? It must have been, mustn't it? Yeah, he was yeah. the one before Morsey, I think. Right, okay, yeah. He was, we went um, for him and didn't get... Or it might have been, might have been the window before... Maybe that is the but same we would, summer, isn't it? That, that must we wouldn't have paid under we wouldn't have paid under Evans, so it must have been the first yeah, window of the yeah, game changer yeah, era. So yeah, summer two thousand and nineteen. Crooks has got three goals and five assists. He's been playing slightly more advanced in the ten, but he'll probably drop back into central midfield given the uh, the injury crisis at the moment. Morgan Rogers, we discussed with the the high potential, the high ceiling. He's likely to be the ten, a goal and two assists, created six big chances so far this season, so he'll be a threat. Sam Greenwood couldn't play last weekend against Leeds. He couldn't. He's on loan, so he can't face his parent club. He's He's likely to come in on the left. He's doing well this season. Four goals uh, and two assists. So, you know, he's a, he's a threat from from wide. And we've already discussed Emmanuel Lethe-Lath who will lead the line. Four goals so far this season. And keep an eye out for Josh Colburn. He's a player I like on the bench. He's a, he's an academy kid. He had a loan spell last year at, was it Shrewsbury Bristol somewhere Warriors? in... 
Yeah, something like that, somewhere in League One. Um, but he's got um, he's strong, he's powerful, he's a bit of a throwback to kind of a, a target player. He's got three goals so far this season, likely to come off the bench if it's not working out for them. And Hayden Coulson is there. Do you remember him? You can the still poor, find him. The poor guy that couldn't get going. Did he have injuries and COVID, etc.? He never got going, did he, for us in his six month spell? We cancelled that one in the in the in the January window, didn't we? He's there, but he'll be a, a, a bench option on the weekend. Yeah, worth noting that Greenwood Latte Lath. And Jones, Isaiah Jones, who's one of these absentees, our joint top scorer with four goals. So unlike Coventry, where the goals were kind of concentrated amongst uh, Wright, Hadji Wright and Matt Godham, they're spread out a little bit more, but no one's kind of streaking away like Akpom, are they, like last season? And that's um, what they need, isn't it? Because if you're reliant on one strike or on one player for 33% of your goals, any injury, any suspension, any loss of form, and you're kind of a bit screwed, really, aren't you? So, you know, it's it's better they've had managed to spread those goals around this year rather than rather than be so reliant on one player like they were last year. Um, quick shout out to David, our mate David Bergen. Thank you so much for Continue support of the podcast, David, the uh, 10 euro super chat there. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. If you want to do likewise, there's a button in the YouTube chat feature and it's a, you can do a super chat and all kinds of stuff as well there. Legend. Um, but otherwise, a thumbs up is all we, uh, all we really need from everyone else. Um, let us know you're there. Let us know you appreciate all of the hard work that we put in, particularly Seb uh, and all this cool research. Um, hopefully, we're imparting some knowledge as well. But David, thank you so much for your continued support here at Blue Monday. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Should we deal with these, uh, the, the 10 absentees then, Seb? Because I think a lot of people, yeah. maybe some of these have got more appearances than others, is fair to yeah. say. But the idea that, uh, you know, they're not weakened by these departures, I, I think there is this does make life very difficult for Carrick, doesn't it? And particularly Jones, I suspect. It does. Yeah. I mean, there's, you've kind of, I, I gave you the big list of the 10 people and you've kindly kind of broken it down to kind of add a bit of context to it. So there's, there's three who may feature their doubts that may feature. You've got Hayden Hackney, who I like a central midfield player who's played 16 times this season. Paddy McNair was the guy that went off with the back spasm against Leeds. It's really He's tough featured. on back spasm because it, can yeah, just, it is. Yeah. It just happen some, at any, I'm sure all of us have, have experienced those. You kind of feel like deep heat, get some deep heat on it where it's called. And, and then and suddenly you, yeah, you can't move. Can you So yeah, poor guy to go off didn't he so i guess the, in the pre-match presser today carrick was asked about it and he was he was very non-committal so they're going to see how he is kind of tomorrow dale fry center back has made 17 appearances he he's kind of touch and go a little bit as well you've got the two suspensions so the two people that definitely won't feature are basically their entire right hand side you've got isaiah jones of that amazing season a couple of years ago made the breakthrough right back right wing back right forward he's featured 18 times like you said a few minutes ago he scored four goals and got one assist so far this season he's really suspended. dumb second yellow isn't it really dumb well. yeah 
really stupid. And Jick style or Dijk style, have you said it? Um, he's the he was kind of the, the right back, five appearances so far this season. So he's not really featured that much, but he got a two yellows, so he's out as well. So they're gonna have to completely restructure that right hand side, and hopefully we'll see 35-year-old Johnny House and filling in at right back, which Mr. Davis on the left hand side can have a bit of fun with. You've then got the category of kind of not too far away, but this weekend will probably come too soon for them. That's Riley McCree, who was had a really good start to the season, came in from the Australian League, I think. Ten appearances, three goals. Lewis O'Brien, the midfielder on loan from Forest, only five appearances. And Marcus Force, player I always liked and would have been happy for us to sign a couple of years ago. Brentford, striker, uh, nine appearances, two goals, two assists so far this season. They're unlikely to feature given the proximity of the game. And then you've got the two longer-term absentees of Tommy Smith, not, not that one. Uh, right back slash centre back from Stoke only made six appearances so far this season and Dara Lennon who's also kind of a centre back slash centre midfielder he's uh, he's going to be out longer term as well so of the ten there is a chance that maybe two or three of them might feature if they can get them back out on the grass tick uh, in time for the weekend but worst case yeah Carrick's got a, a bit of a magic act to pull out here because he's basically almost lost an entire eleven. Yeah, I mean, predominantly the back line though, Seb, so you could argue that the best strategy is kind of what you deployed at Leeds, which is attack is the best form of defence. Go for it, yeah. Which yeah. it could be a kind of a goal fest, couldn't it? Um, well, that's but, why I can't just, I can't work out. Is it, is it going to be two sides end-to-end? You know, we're not great defensively at the moment. They've got no players in defence. So this could be a, you know, a 3-3, a 4-3, three, three, a 3-2. Three, there could be an awful lot of goals in this. Or the respective playing styles will just kind of nullify each other. I can't work out which way it's going to go. Yeah, keep those, those, those these stats in mind, folks, when we get to the predictions. Eric's already going for a five all five, there, five. <laughs> uh, which may or may not be even a million miles away, frankly. Uh, any last kind of statistical insights we talked about? I, I do enjoy the second in the league for sec- for big chance created and, sa- and sadly second for big chance missed as well. Um, but any, I still haven't got your special stinger for it or an item for it, but any statistical insights that you want to share? Just I um, must give kudos to Dan Connors in um, Telegram for this one. He put it in there earlier. Uh, both us and Borough are the two highest shot sides in the league. We average five, or call it, we average six shots per game with just under 10% conversion rate. Middlesbrough also average just under six shots per game with a 9% conversion rate. So two sides that like to shoot. We're more clinical, but expect a lot of shots. We are the two highest shot producing sides in the league. So if you're, if you're into your gambling and you're building a build a bet thing, uh, I would want to over, over 10 or 15 shots in this game. When the fun stops. When the fun stops, stop. There you go. Uh, Chris Citizen's advice there. Uh, let's do um, Let's do the finish off the commentary quiz, shall we? And I've got the goal as well. Uh, Neil, uh, very prolific here, very, very precise. Hasn't given me the month and the day, but has given me the year, has April, given me the results, and has given me a pertinent piece of information. Um, I think he's the only person who... Uh, again, it's gone down an absolute treat, my commentary quiz, Seb. Uh, but let's have a look at the goal and uh, a good moment in Ipswich Town history against Middlesbrough. Corner is swung in, Armstrong in there again, so too is Jamie Clapham. Darren Bent is claiming the goal, but I'm not too sure that he got the final touch. He's sure he got the final touch, though. Not, not a classic goal, was it? But <laughs> so is that is that after Arsenal, but before Man United and Liverpool in that horrible run at the end of the oh one oh two season? Yeah. So we'd lost so, to we'd lost to Arsenal two 0 the weekend before. We beat Borough. Yeah. We then lose to United with Ruvanis Leroy cheating and diving. Yeah. And then obviously we lose to Liverpool five. Was it five nil, six nil at Anfield yeah, the last five. season? Six at home, five away. Yeah. Yes, Baron, uh, 24th of April, 20, 2002, Neil correctly pointing out Darren Ben's first Premier League goal. Um, first goal for ITFC, I think, maybe. Maybe he scored in the League Cup at Newcastle, so first Premier League goal. And yeah, Town were 18th after that game, Seb, with two points um, to catch Sunderland, but playing... And if we'd have drawn nil-nil against Man United on the Saturday, like we deserved, if Van Nistelrooy hadn't cheated, then we would have gone level with them going to the last game of the season, and who knows what would have happened. Yeah, Sunderland... Not that I'm bitter 22 well. years later. Whatever. No, we've got... We're like... Yeah, we're like elephants. We don't... Never forget. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're coming for you, Van Nistelrooy. Um, let's move it on. Let's talk about us. Uh, it's that time. Just give us your thoughts on... 
lineups in the chat as well. Your probably the big debate is who replaces Massimo Luongo suspended along with Brandon Williams, but Harry Clark obviously started last time out and uh, barring an injury situation there, um, he will start again. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts, Seb? I guess we mentioned the three-game week situation. Uh, does rotation come into Kieran McKenna's thoughts? Well, it's done for him, isn't it, really, with the suspensions of Williams and Luongo. You assume they'll probably come back in midweek against Watford. So for this weekend, I, I assume Jack Taylor is the one to replace um, uh, to replace Morsey. I could kind of see an argument. It won't happen, but I could kind of see an argument for starting Don Ball alongside Morsey. That was a flagship, didn't they? And the he's, chat, big, he's big and he's physical, isn't he, against Matt Crooks? Yeah. So I, wouldn't, I, I could see that. I don't think it will happen. I think it'll be Taylor. Taylor is the backup to the central midfield players. He kind of deserves the deserves the chance. Hopefully, he'll he'll take it. Morsey will be very much up for this one. I, you know, do you remember that interview he did when he joined us, and he said he wasn't expecting to be leaving uh, to, to, to be leaving Middlesbrough that year. And I don't think Warnock was overly happy that he was sold. So he'll be well up for this one. Hopefully, he can control himself and not get the ninth booking of the season because that would be horrible if he then follows up in the in in the in the Watford game because we know what's coming next with his two game suspension. So. Taylor in, Clark was great at right back, I thought, against Coventry. So no issues with him starting there. Danassian maybe comes onto the bench to provide a bit of full back cover if he's if he's fit again. I think he's training again, but I'm not sure if he's fit enough to, to start. So yeah, Taylor comes in for Luongo. And other than that, I think as you were. Yeah, Eric was asking about Morsey's yellow card. So he's on eight. So yeah, two, two more and he misses two games. So if he were to get booked against Borough and then were to get booked against Watford, he would be ruled out of Norwich and Leeds. There are a few people asking about Axel Tuanzebi, Seb. Charlie's asking about it. Neil as well. Uh, Tommy's given us his full 11. That includes Tuanzebi and um, it's got Massimo in there, which obviously you can't have, but I think you mean Morsey. Um, Tuanzebi, debate? I think you'll start one of them. One of this or Watford. I, I just don't know which way round it will be. I guess you'd want Burgess for the physical option against um, against Crooks uh, at the weekend. So potentially he could he could well come in for uh, he could retain his place, which means that the, the Wolfenden's the one to drop out. But Twanzebe will start one of the two. I'd, I'd be surprised if it was Wolfenden and Burgess for both of them. And then I guess you've got to have an eye on the weekend. You know, with with what's coming next weekend with Clark being a local lad, Wolfenden being a local lad. Are they going to get the the nod for that one? Yeah, um, Harness asks Michael. I wouldn't start him in the centre of midfield. No, I, I you know, he, he, he could play further forward. Maybe if you're gonna, if you're gonna kind of rest, I guess he'd be in for for Broadhead. Broadhead tends to start the three game weeks, drops out in the middle game, and then finishes at the uh, uh, the, the end of it. So yeah, I mean, he'll add energy. Um, I thought Broadhead was kind of back to his best for half an hour or so against Coventry. So I'd have no issues with with Broadhead starting and maybe Harness coming in for that bit extra bit of energy away to Watford on Tuesday. Streaky 94, rest Morsey v Watford if he gets a yellow on Saturday, Seb? It'll never happen. No, you can't do, you, you can't take that chance, can you? You know, it's, it's his game. Some of them are silly. Some of them haven't been his fault. I remember being at Rotherham and the Dapo sold him really short with a pass and he got a booking there, but you can't, that, that's his game, isn't it? That's how he plays his football. If you start resting him or, or telling him to go easy, then, you know, you're going to lose something in him a little bit. So no, I, I think he'll start regardless. He'll, he'll start all games as long as he is fit until he gets that inevitable suspension. Although, how many games was it? Ten games he went last year when he was on nine bookings and he was, you know, really well behaved. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully he can see us through. It's it's March, isn't it? The cutoff date. So I'd be amazed if he can do it kind of this far out. Um, but as long as he's available for Norwich, Leeds, and Leicester <laughs> in the Leicester game, and then you can have QPR and Stoke off. That's fine. The thing to do is is don't get booked in the next two, isn't it? You know, that's there's no need to. You know, I know he's playing against Middlesbrough. A few people mentioning his former club and um, interesting situation there with his departure there. Um, got that one over the line eventually, didn't we? But yeah, there's no need to get booked against either team, really. There's no kind of need to, to, for the for the taking one against for the team kind of bookings, is there? I think we just you just play it safe as he has done, as he, as you say, he did it last season. Yeah, he's very well disciplined when he when he kind of needs to be. So, you know, he'll want to feature against Norwich and against Leeds and Leicester, these huge games that are coming up. So hopefully he can um he he can kind of, you know, control himself a little bit and and let Taylor take the bookings if need be in central midfield. Yeah, exactly right. Well, uh, we'll come back to thoughts on the actual scoreline in a second with predictions. So uh, get your thoughts coming in on that. Uh, in terms of bits and pieces of information, as always, we're brought to you in partnership with the Graham Pub in Ipswich. Um, 
really uh, excellent pre-match venue and a breakfast situation already um, being announced by the guys there ahead of the East Anglian Derby next week. So do head down to the ground ahead of Norwich and ahead of um, what's your thoughts on this uh, welcoming the coach situation for the East <laughs> Anglian Derby, Seb? I'm going to put you on the spot. I don't want to trigger anybody because I got a bit of grief last week in the YouTube comments, but not for me. It's it's a league game. Why are you doing it? What what benefit comes of it? It's uh, no, not for me. Uh, save it for what's the last game of the season? Uh, Huddersfield. Talking about Huddersfield, aren't they? Yeah. Save it for then. Fine, no problem at all. Do it for Exeter. Makes sense. We were never ever going to not win that Exeter game, so there was very little chance of it going wrong. Um, I can understand why they kind of you know want to build yeah. it up. It's going to be a huge atmosphere. They want to get it off early before we all go into the stadium. But but no, too much at risk for me. And it's just a league game. It is. It's no different to this one against Borough or Watford. You know, it's a league game. Hopefully, we'll smash them to pieces. But <laughs> I think it's too much of a risk personally. I, I wouldn't be doing it for a normal league game. Yeah, I think there's risk of other stuff happening as well um, in that, in that yeah, exactly. situation. Yeah, you, you, yeah, I'm sure the police are thrilled by the uh, uh, by the likelihood of it going ahead. It may so be a bit cancelled, I don't know. If, if people are going to do it, and they're, they're obviously entitled to do that as long as it's safe, um, and that's probably the key message, isn't it? Like, you know, support the team, but do it in you want, a respect, but you want a every, don't, Do you not, for that game, until we're all in the stadium at quarter to three, do you not want everyone to be calm and collected and cool about it? You know, I just... Are I we going to be calling Karma been... Collected next Friday, next Thursday? Yeah, Sunday? I will. I will be. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think it's. I just think it's too much of a of a risk. Too much chance of kind of egg on your face, personally. I uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, everyone entitled to their views. I, I agree with Seb. Absolutely. On this yeah, one, absolutely. But, I, I can see why yeah. people want to do it because there's a whole generation that have never seen. Let's focus on Norwich. making the atmosphere in the stadium as good as it yeah. can be. Yeah. Do it there. Yeah. Go nuts at quarter two when we're all in the stadium. Brilliant. Yeah, and keep it going for the whole ninety minutes. I totally understand that, but not for me outside before yeah. I now. Not, not so the five. the punchline <laughs> is head to the ground and have a lovely fry up and a bacon bap or something like that yeah um vegetarian options i'm sure as well but yeah head down to the ground really appreciate the support of the ground doing fantastic work as always uh merch door has a promo i think until um starting today for a couple of days 15 percent off so if you're panicking about what to get the the people your loved ones in your life your friends and family uh, you can do much worse than some blue monday merch frankly so head, head over to our merch store and get 15 off there um whilst you're at it Telegram going great guns, uh, really great discussions there, contributions there. Match day chat will be starting usual time Friday, 5 p.m. tomorrow as well. So get involved there. Two week free trial. Perfect time to get that free trial, isn't it? Seb, with all of these oh, yeah. big games you, kicking you get, off. Yeah, then, you get you get Norwich next week, you get the two games now, you get Norwich next week, then you get Leeds, then you get Leicester, and you probably sneak in QPR as well. So yeah, come and give it a go. You've got nothing to lose and loads of great chat to get involved with. And as always, we've kind of mentioned shows. Um, it's going to be a busy one for the next few weeks. Uh, we are here, obviously, um, for the pre-match show. We will be back next Thursday. We've got a little cameo, a little uh, special guest giving their views. More about that next week. But obviously, flagship show will be back on Sunday night, 8 p.m. Uh, Seb, you're going to the game, obviously. So I think you'll be part of the the trio there. I'm giving it off. I've never, done, I've never done the Riverside, so I'm taking mm, it off. My first, nice. my first visit. Yeah, I, I like Borough as a good stadium. Someone mentioned, I think it was Colin mentioned, um, they've reappropriated the gates for Bearson Park and, and, and the design of the stadium as well. So, yeah, uh, enjoy that one. But, yeah, Seb and others um, will be, I think Craig is, is involved as well. Craig's coming, yep. Yep, so tune in Sunday, 8 p.m. live. Get involved in the chat there. The guys will be looking ahead to Watford as well. We've got a live reaction. I think it's you and I, Seb, on Tuesday night, straight after Watford. Uh, so join us for a post-match reaction then pre-match show Thursday for Norwich and then Sunday flagship show. I'm sure we'll have more than the usual three team members, particularly if things go our way. So plenty going on. Do give us a follow on socials. And on Sunday as well, we'll announce our now seemingly annual Christmas giveaway as well. We've got some stuff to give away. So stay tuned. Plenty of stuff going on here. Do subscribe, do like. Um, and yeah, I think let's leave it at that, shall we? Should we do some predictions, Seb? And something you yes. should be quite smug about this week. Yeah, good week for Seb Brown, everyone. A feature he hates, except when he wins. I was Last delighted when Ellis Sims fouled Brandon Williams to make it 2-1. Because I knew that had pulled me over the line. Sod the clean sheet. I'm just happy to beat you. Yeah, so you would have, I think you would have joined, got a, a 
a leveled score with Elliot, wouldn't you? You'd have got the point for the win, but you got I don't an extra. Know. I just, I just wait until you put it on the screen and tell me I've lost. You got an extra two points for Coventry scoring that consolation goal, which shouldn't have stood. So, well done never, you. Never if, a foul. Well done, Coventry. Yeah, well done you. Uh, welcome to the uh, to Ben, uh, my mate from pri- from primary school. Now lives um, in Australia. So Ben, great to have you um, contributing from behalf of Telegram. And let's put on the screen what we've got. A nice. West Midlands derby said to kick off the weekend and having seen Coventry close up and knowing what we know about Birmingham under Rooney, it's no surprise that the the, the entirety of the panel are going for a home win there. Did you see that picture of Rooney next to the logo on the wall of yeah. Birmingham just looking completely broken? What have I, I wonder, done? <laughs> I wonder at what point he just he, he's in real, real trouble. Yeah, well, it's it might... It ramps up. Well, do they back him in January? No, I guess they had a plan to back him in January with money. You know, the investment, the new ownership from the Shelby Company Limited with the US backing. I guess they were going to go out and spend some money in in uh, in January, but that's a that's a hell of a risk given how how rubbish it's gone. Yeah, I think they they're seven points from um, the twenty second place QPR. They're fifteenth in the league, so he's got a little bit of a buffer, but the goodwill is being used up, isn't it? <laughs> Leeds, Seb, should we focus on the games involving top six teams? We're yeah. not expecting Blackburn to do us any favours. Blackburn defeated last week. A little bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Who did they lose to last week? Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, there you go. 3-1, wasn't it, as well? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, talk to us about your thoughts on this one. Yeah, no, I, I, I think they'll score. They're a nice, pretty side on, the pretty-to-watch side. Smollett will probably get a goal, but but Leeds just starting to hit that bit of form. I know they had the to draw against Rotherham, but yeah, I, I can see Leeds going there and 2-1, but I don't think it'll be as close as, as I've put on that scoreline. I think it'll be fairly comfortable for Leeds, given Blackburn had a, an awful result last weekend. You and I are predicting a draw, Sunderland and West Brom. I, I probably think West Brom favourites for that one, or or does Mogger's departure at Sunderland suddenly spur Strange one, that. What's, what's your views on, on, on Mowbray leaving Sunderland? Because they're probably, what, a year, 18 months away from being really good at the youngest squad in the league, aren't they? So I guess they want this young, trendy, sexy coaching manager to come in and coach this amazing kind of team full of young prospects to, to the victory. Ooh. I thought it was a bit harsh on him. I think he's done a really good job there, but I guess he was always under pressure from last season when they lost in the playoffs and straight away there were rumours about his future, weren't there? Yeah, I, I, this is the trouble. You know, the likes of McKenna um, and uh, Schumacher, who's been linked with the role as well, are just selling, you know, even Danny Rowell at, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday is yeah. the, the model is now a young progressive learned coach isn't it and Mogga sadly is probably perceived to be a little bit old in the tooth now which is probably massively ageist and probably incorrect as well given he's brought out the best and likes of Jack Clark and frankly yeah. they are their ninth in the league three points off the top six it feels very harsh unless they're going to do something Agreed. amazing in the second half of the season um, but yeah, I feel sorry for him. And there was some debate about where he might end up. Don't think he'll be in East Anglia, frankly. But um, yeah, uh, any thoughts on Leicester Plymouth? Seb? It looks pretty slam dunky, yeah, doesn't I, it? I think so. Comfortable Plymouth away from home aren't great. Leicester kind of with that that win against West Brom would have really kind of given them a shot in the arm, given the poor form they had experience going into it. So I think that'll be fairly fairly comfortable for them. And Watford. Pretty tough week for them. Watford um, facing Southampton and then us. We're predicting clean sweep of one-all draws there. Uh, anything, any remarks on that one? Southampton. No, interesting. We've all gone for the same scoreline. They're, Watford have improved recently, but Southampton are, you know, kind of getting really good at grinding out one-nil, one-nil victory. So although I've put a one-one, I wouldn't be that surprised if they ground out another close kind of one-nil victory. And as for the main event, you and I both predicting score draws here. I'm yep. predicting a little bit more of the cancelly outy kind of situation. You're going for the more open situation. And Ben's going for an Ipswich Town win, winning the loyalty points there, I'm sure, with the chat. Give us your thoughts on your prediction of two all there, Sip. Well, I had it down for a defeat. You know, when we did our on Blue Monday, uh, okay. we, had to, we had to put our predictions in for the next, whatever it was, 10 games, was it, at the time. I had West Brom and this one down as defeats uh, and Leeds. Actually, I thought we'd lose three games in that in that period. I just think their their injury record is really, really helpful to us and the, the big players that aren't going to be featuring down that right-hand side. You know, potentially, if Broadhead and Davis are at it, uh, sat there looking at it, um, then potentially it could be a field day. You know, Johnny House is 35. I think Silvera will come in on the right-hand side of midfield for them. So that's kind of a bit of a, a patched-up right-hand flank, which hopefully we can take advantage of. I think there'll be goals. I know I said they didn't score many at the Riverside and they didn't they didn't concede that many. Um, but I think two attractive attacking sides 
both of them are going to go and look to kind of outsmart each other in terms of who's in the dugout. And I just think, yeah, two all just seems right to me. A draw, a solid point at Borough, which I would take, um, and, and and goals in the game, I think. What's your um, your prediction? Presumably it was a Watford, a victory at Watford on Tuesday, though, yeah? No. Draw at Borough, draw, draw at Watford as well? Yeah, okay. draw at Watford and beat Norwich. That was my prediction for the week. I thought we would draw away to Watford um, and, and and then beat Norwich to make it a five-point okay. week, which would be fine given our our buffer. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens. And as we mentioned, we're back on the flagship show. Presum- Sunday night just to jump in, it. sorry. Presumably you think it'll be more cagey, do you? I think it'll be a goal. I, th- I think Sam Parkin predicted as much with Ben. I think he actually he predicted a 3-1 town win, actually. But he wow, predicted I think, us to score first or something like that. I think it'll be a goal in each half for each team. And I, I, I just think we won't... I think we'd quite... The pragmatism of a one all point is something that I can see McKenna. Obviously, he wants to win the game, right? But I can kind of see if you if it's one all with kind of five minutes to go. Well, I'm not sure. I'm kind of second guessing myself now. <laughs> I, I, maybe it's going to be one all, but I don't really know. I think that's that sums it up really. I think the draw is kind of it's like going for the middle option in a multi in, when the do, do a pub <laughs> quiz game, isn't it? And it's A, B, or C. It's like doing the chase. Just go for the middle one if you don't know. I've kind of gone for the draw in absence of knowing anything better. So we'll sh- we'll see what other people are saying in the chat because maybe they could help us out here. Seb, uh, are you more not, confident than I am of, of Watford? Do you think we'll win on Tuesday night? Uh, I want to see what Watford do on Saturday against Southampton before okay. making a proper yeah. prediction. But I, yeah, my w- thought is it could be another point. Uh, on okay, as yeah, well so okay. yeah and then you've got then you've got to beat Norwich um, we'll discuss that this time so next yes. week yeah indeed um, a lot of debate about the um, the coach greeting and all that kind of stuff I think it's a, a bit of a, a kind of a horses for courses situation if it's your thing great if it's not it's not um, and we'll see how things go Lee is Ian Crook the special <laughs> guest next week. Mm-hmm. Damn it, Lee, you've spoilt it for everyone. Uh, Mullet talking about uh, Borough Cuisine there. Anyone fancy a Parmo? Uh, you've got to have one of those pretty much, Seb, if you can. I'm sure they'll sell it around the Riverside as well. I've missed um, that. What's that? It's a it's a delicacy. It's a it's a chicken um, panel, panel beaten, so it's flat, breadcrumbs, okay. and then a lot of Parmesan and um, bechamel right. sauce on top of stuff and chips underneath it, presumably as well. Um, right. So, yeah, uh, check out Parma if you're up north. Uh, the predictions are coming in. Aidy's going for a 2 1, as is Streaky94. 2 1, Taylor Brace. Ooh, presumably two shots from outside the area. Streaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ben's given some working. I went 1 0 to us, thinking we'll cancel each other out and we'll screw up a goal. Watch it be 4 4. There you go. Uh, David, um, going for a 2 all. Um, Charlie's going for a 2-3 uh, wouldn't be a surprising school line would it Seb after Leeds last time out um, Zach's going Dr Zach King I should give him his full title going for a 1-3 uh, <laughs> Mullet with his nil 4 first times to Broadhead Davis I like the working standard Lee thinking like me I think 1-0 but hoping for that 2-1 win Sully's here I'm in New York great to have you with us Sully 3-1 for him uh, Metal Jace going for similar uh, Kiel's going for a 1-0 as is Gary um, and Neil's give us a 2-0 Coventry prediction for the Birmingham game, presumably. Uh, what we got here, Colin going for a 2-1. I'm going for it. Uh, Eric's going for 3-1. So, yeah, lots of positive thoughts there in the chat. We're a confident Almost bunch, aren't we? Against the odds. Take a look at me now. Uh, 1-0 nervy win from an early <laughs> Chaplin goal. Sneaking and sweeping from a corner in from Davis. I think if anyone, Seb, is going to be able to foresee an Ipswich Town set piece, it's probably Michael Carrick, isn't it? You've I would have thought so. Yeah, I maybe. guess they've got the same playbook, haven't they? Surely. Yeah, but a few more draws coming in. Um, Cov three two Brum says Colin. Um, Jason going for st- grabbing Stansfield in January. I'd be kind of up for that. Said, would you? I'd be very much up for that. That would be brilliant. I guess he's only on loan, so it's one of those deals where Fulham will probably look to renegotiate, especially if Birmingham keep their crap runner form up. Um, and maybe yeah, if something can be done there. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be well up for that. You'd be well up for that. Blackburn to draw with Leeds Lee. Let's That'd manifest nice. it, Lee. Come on, we can make it happen. Uh, 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 Philip, I guess Borough will be hurting from the Leeds game, so we could get battered. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2 1 town win. Um, <laughs> fine. Uh, light and day in that post, Philip. We love it. Uh, Neil's going for a 2 1. Mackham's win over West Brom. Colin also manifesting the draw for Blackburn and Leeds. Uh, Lee also going for a 3 0 Leicester win. Yeah, it feels pretty inevitable. Um, other thoughts? Um, Cardiff 2 1. Um, who are Cardiff playing, Seb? Uh, Cardiff are playing uh, Millwall. 
I've covered it up there. That's stupid of me. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, I think we've got consensus. We've got Matty with a 2-0 win, though. Um, Anthony, I think you're mate, Anthony. I'll take a gamble and go 3-0. Doesn't say for who. Doesn't say for who, but um, we'll assume it's for Ipswich. Um, ben, Ian Crick lives around here. You go and find him and you tell him that he's a Judas and he's disloyal. should be sacked. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of good stuff in the chat. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Michael Fortude. Now you've broken the curse of the three ones, Michael. You've basically, you can, you call it 4-2. There you go. Um, <laughs> as good as any scoreline, isn't it? So it could be any score is basically the conclusion. Um, we'll be back on Sunday and we'll be back, uh, to talk about it and we'll be back next week to figure out um, yeah, who's who's got the most points for that one? It'll be someone getting a dodgy foul to win it late in the day, probably like last week. Not that I'm bitter in the slightest. <laughs> a long odd season. Thank you, everyone, if you made it this far. Uh, we appreciate folk here on YouTube. Please give us a thumbs up and a subscribe if you haven't already. Plenty of uh, excellent Ipswich Town content coming your way, um, if I do say so myself. Uh, but plenty of content at the very least coming your way, not least the flagship on Sunday where we'll talk all about the game um, after the fact. Uh, if you're listening on podcast, do give us a five-star review. Let us know you're out there as well. We appreciate those as well and uh, greyhound merch store telegram christmas giveaway on sunday all the all the key things you need to know thank you seb as always for all of your hard work and your thoughts um and um i'll let you say goodbye to folk there's some thought in the chat and give us your final summings up and then i need to send us out don't i You've got to, yeah. You've got to keep it going after the after the Coventry results. So thank you for everyone for getting involved. Great chat tonight. Hopefully see some of you up there at the Riverside. Just a bit of housekeeping. Are we doing Christmas jumpers next week? Just so I know. Um. Well, I, I yeah. Well, we'll put it out there for people to judge. I. Okay. It's actually Christmas jumper day today. When, when we record it. Yeah, it's a charity day today. So we really should have worn Christmas jumpers today if anything but ah, it's your, well. we need to announce this early it'll be your last show before christmas next week won't it you are uh, a yes, leads uh yeah i'm not here for the leads show i'm afraid i can't even do the research because i'm abroad so i'll hand you over to far better people than myself to give the analysis on uh on the upcoming leads games thanks for getting involved today come and see us at the riverside on saturday if you're about i'll be outside trying to eat one of these palmo things that sound yeah. amazing um and you can take us out my friend yep Good stuff. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe if you're traveling up to Borough. Uh, join us in the Telegram group um, if you are not taking part in that. And um, yeah, all I can say is um, come on, you blues! Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in a participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.